Welcome back, guys, to Dailies, a film podcast. I'm Christoph, and I'm Robert. And today we're going to be talking about Black Girl, or as it is known in France and Senegal, La Noire Deux. Yep. Uh, this was directed by Senegal, uh, French Senegalese director, Ousmane Semben. You want to give us a little background there? Yeah, Ousmane Semben is one of the pioneers of a certain style of African cinema. And he's a prolific director. And this is one of his earlier films. And it's, it's a really interesting piece of cinema. Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, an interesting statement. And I think it's one of the few uh, sub-Saharan African you know, cinema experiences I've had. Um, so it's definitely a really interesting, you know, perspective and uh, point of view on the world. Um, yeah, it was also a really new experience for me because being from Nigeria, I'm used to watching English language African films. And this was my first foray into this sort of film that's made by Francophone Africans. And I really enjoyed the departure it has from english-speaking films from africa it's definitely made in a different style that i think is influenced by french new wave and basically european cinema in general you can feel all these influences when you watch it yeah certainly so he won the prix jean vigo award in the cinema of france okay Back which then, when is it was released uh, around 66 so. an award i'm not familiar with but seems really prestigious yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's clearly, uh, a, even though it is coming out of this, um, you know, African perspective, there's still a French presence in the film. Um, yeah, because it, w- it was made in 1966, right. which I think was a very, it was a time in France where a lot of movies made in the new style were coming out. Absolutely. It was also a turbulent time in, you know, a lot of these sub-Saharan African countries, um, you know, dealing with post-colonial, uh, you know, government and uh, just, you know, sort of realizing their their understanding of the world and how they can make their own statements. Yeah, and this film deals with post-colonialism in a way that is sort of symbolic and that attaches so many allegorical statements to the life of this girl. This is your spoiler warning. We're going to jump in and discuss... Spoiler alert. Yeah, the uh, specifics of this movie. Um, so, what did you think of the overall story that uh, Sam Ben is sort of presenting here? The overall story was really interesting. I like how... I feel like this story is told on two different parallel planes, in a way. You have the world that exists in the mind of the girl and you have the world which we see and this character goes into these monologues that Mm -hmm. inform us about what she's feeling and how the world around her is and then you have these interactions that she has in real life with real people where she doesn't say much but a lot a lot of awkward things happen and it's really interesting how the story is told that way. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of inward and outward uh, sort of, you know, um, <clears throat> like uh, acts, um, especially in how she's addressing both the uh, the world that she's in at the moment, but also, you know, we get these flashbacks about her history and her background um, 
you know, with the world that she's experiencing. Um, you know, the story kind of, um, it moves pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, this is actually one of the shorter films we've watched on this podcast. But, like, it takes its time to sort of dwell on the memories and the monologues before the end, obviously. Um, so where, where stuff happens that's a little extreme. It's very politically charged, but also it's very sort of um, nostalgic and um, meditative on the state of affairs in her home country. It's about this girl that's uh, facing this new world that she wasn't expecting as much. Um, it ends up being very, you know, destructive for her. Um, so, you know, I think having all those, like, internal monologues, um, it, it sort of puts us in the state of mind that the character is kind of going through. Yeah, and I think this should go to immediately after your question. Um before we get into before I get into my opinions on the story, I think we should let everyone know what the basic plot of this film Absolutely. is. So Black Girl is about a girl called Dioana, a Senegalese girl who lives in a rural town in Senegal and she's searching for a job to support herself and perhaps support her family. And so she ends up working for this French lady who needs her to tend to her children in the car. And eventually, this job opportunity sort of blossoms into a chance to travel to France to stay with the French lady and her husband and to continue to take care of the kids. But when Diowana ends up going to France with these people, she realizes that they only want her to be a maid in France. And instead of tending to the children, she's supposed to clean the house and clean dishes and take care of their guests and she is sort of insulted by this because she sees herself to be above this job that she's doing and she feels trapped inside the house because all the promises of her being able to experience life in France and experience the city where she goes to in France have not been met and she feels cheated and in the end she ends up Mm-hmm. killing herself and becomes a statistic or a story in the newspaper and the film ends with a sort of harrowing sequence it, where it is one of the darker films i've seen this year yeah um, it, a, a boy holding a mask follows Dioana's bus around bus, town yeah. before he travels to leave to go back to france mm-hmm. and it's it was a really dark ending something i did not expect i it really, I mean, even with the sort of themes of escapism and, like, this idea of being trapped, like you mentioned, I mean, I wasn't expecting it to jump to such an extreme state of sort of dread about um, the state of affairs with post-colonial Africa. Yeah, and at first I thought it was a undeserved ending. I thought it was a bit too dark and maybe took away from the film, but that final sequence... Yeah. made it really it sort of entrenched something in my mind that made the film make a lot of sense and when you contrast okay let me talk about the the scene there's a scene on the beach after Diowana kills herself mm-hmm. we sort of cut to the beach and we see this we see these French people on the out, beach yeah. just bathing in the sun hanging out 
and some guys reading the newspaper and in the newspaper we see a section that talks about the house a housemaid that killed herself in a boss's bathroom and that particular scene was so meaningful because the owner had been feeling trapped inside his house but then these privileged people were on the beach mm-hmm. exactly in i would say a scenario which she would want to be are reading about her in the newspaper right it's that's just of, a throwaway story it, it very it elevates uh sort of the um the gravity of of her death um which is bizarre because you know l- literally taking the scene it it isn't uh elevating it at all she's reduced to this statistic like you yeah. said and uh it's very de- you know degrading um and you know i don't think that we could have had that amazing final sequence without you know this sort of leap um as depressing as it is yeah yeah really fun talk today um <laughs> so but no i really uh i enjoyed the story a lot yeah i, mean, I did i did you know it, it it was slow um you know because it was sort of you know presenting us uh, her background as she sort of uh, expresses this anger and resentment towards her bosses um there's a lot of um shots of her dealing with these affairs and uh you know it it kind of sort of presents itself as the maid's lifestyle um so i i, I enjoyed uh how it was written yeah sure. and the the mask was an interesting symbol mm-hmm. which that mask itself could represent African art that has been excavated by foreigners and those and the unwillingness of those foreigners to return these artworks back to Africa. And at the same time, it also symbolizes Diowana's dignity, mm-hmm. sort of, which she hands over to her bosses. Right. And then her bosses want to keep it. But and then sell at it the almost, end, yeah. You know, yeah. And at the end, it sort of chases them like a ghost. Mm-hmm. It's it's really interesting what Sam Ben does with it's it. It's haunting. That's the word I would I would yeah, use. Yeah, it's maybe. it's haunting. Um, so yeah. Um, in terms of the cinematography, nothing you know extreme. There is a really cool moment I think I noted down where she boards the elevator to sort of scope out any any jobs or offers she might get as a maid locally in Senegal, and um, She's, you know, turned down, obviously, you know, before she goes to the street and uh, is accepted by this foreign uh, French visitors. Um, She boards the elevator, though, and you've got this really cool shot of, like, you know, the window of the elevator being blocked out as she descends, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I I felt that it kind of sort of, um, you know, reflected her descent before her ultimate, you know, (laughs) like, ultimately her downfall uh, by meeting these, uh, you know, her new bosses but yeah i i mean yeah i mean there were some interesting angles mm-hmm. it's it's very some the lighting in some places and some places looks looks really cool it's very i mean it's minimal it's very standard for the time and i think it works very well for the film it's, mm-hmm. it's I, I think it was good i i mean it's hard not to talk about the uh the influences in this film that we can kind of sort of see i mean there's so much new wave and sort of like impressionist outlooks on, you know, African life and this sort of, um, this, you know, this maid trapped in her environment. 
Yeah, there's one particular shot where Diowana and Madame are fighting over the mask and they're sort of spinning around and then it cuts to oh, this right, yes. one shots of them that are <laughs> where they are just spinning. That was very interesting. It was experimental. Yeah, it was It would be awkward and weird for some people, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked yeah. it too. I mean, it's disorienting, like yeah. like the experiences. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of camera movement, very standard. There's a lot of static shots that we, you know, sort yeah. of stay in uh, as we sort of, you know, watch her get depressed with her, uh, you know, job. Yeah, it's actually a film that's somewhat about depression. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yes. I mean, she's... I. It's hard to say uh, whether or not she's depressed with the state of things in Senegal at the beginning of the film because it's kind of glossed over. Um, we see her searching for a job, which, you know, says something. Yeah, it's um, it, it's a culmination of different things. Mm-hmm. I like how the writer allows the character to indulge herself, sort of. When this letter comes from home about her right, not having yes. sent any money back home, I think she hadn't been paid yet. She hadn't, but she was... But we didn't know if she was going to actually send it yeah so we don't know if she was actually going to send it and it seemed like i mean the way it was presented it was as if the writer was saying it's okay for this girl to want to you know take care of herself and fend for herself well we're kind of you know going off on a tangent here but there's there's like this uh this search for independence uh in this film very much that's so integral to like how the story's presented um what do you think of like uh, the editing? Because there's so many flashbacks in this. I think the editing. I mean, the editing works pretty well. There was no part where I was like taken out of the film. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's kind of like this thing where when it works well, you don't notice it. Right. There, or when there, it doesn't work well, you notice it. There are noticeable so um, jump cuts. I'll say they need to. I'll say the title fonts where. <laughs> very very outdated dude i mean i enjoyed actually the opening sequence there's a lot of french new wave going on here i mean it's really really hard to not talk about it um and the narration sort of blends well with everything the film in a weird way reminds me of taxi driver i mean even the ending it's okay this this there's something really interesting going on there taxi driver yes it does uh it's i mean it goes just to show how you know, that sort of style of personal vendetta against society and how much um, freedom we have to express and uh, follow whatever I mean, we believe in, you know? Yeah, there's like a, a weird, there's a weird line between mm-hmm. them. There's a weird connection between them. I wouldn't be surprised if Schrader and Scorsese had seen this film oh, prior I'm to sure, Taxi Driver. I'm sure Schrader has. He's like the ultimate cinephile. Scorsese too, <laughs> for sure. Because that, that I mean, that... That article in the newspaper, something similar right. happens in Taxi Driver. That's true. Yeah. Okay, I didn't make that connection, so but I can see it's it. It's pretty interesting. The historical significance, it's, uh, you know, it's very important to how this story is presented. Because it's using these influences to send a message, uh, for sure. Yes, definitely. Um, you know. Yeah, it's an, it's an important message. Mm-hmm. I mean, even as a... Even in Nigeria, there were similar storylines of girls coming from rural villages to stay in the houses of middle-class and upper-middle-class families and how they would feel trapped in the houses of these families and a lot of times would be mistreated by their employers. So it's kind of interesting to see that play out in this story. 
but explored through mm-hmm. a different a different terrain it's like a, a terrain with racial tension so yeah. it was interesting to see that it's like it's just such a quiet tension um in this film it's it's hard to watch really um i had a i had a hard time watching this um the ending i think is sort of the highlight for me uh because yeah. it kind of you know it's it encompasses a lot of what sam ben is sort of angry with it was short and sweet in that regard um yeah i mean there should be more 60 minutes feature films i think <laughs> yeah we should have like a 60 minute uh sort of section on this podcast <laughs> so uh in terms of the direction yeah yeah okay overall i think this was made by a director who had an intent and he went in there and he had a vision and it, it came out it came out quite well. Definitely strongly directed. It's very novelistic. It feels it feels like something you could it feels like an you know, an influential book you could have read. Um Yeah. Yeah, this would play out really, really good as a novel. I, I mean I don't definitely believe, I mean he, this director did write novels uh before and after this film. Um so, you know, he has this sort of approach to storytelling that feels you know, very character driven and uh it's very strong in that regard. So yeah, I I really appreciated the direction in this. Um he worked really well with the actor. Um Yeah, and the narration is somewhat is rendered in a somewhat poetic way. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean I I'm very fifty fifty on narration, so if it's gonna be used it really has to be meaningful to either the message of the story or uh you know, driving the characters forward. Yeah, it um, helps a lot in this film. Yeah, and here it does both. Um, yeah, I mean, it was very powerful. I mean, the acting from... You want to try to pronounce that? Do you? <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, you guys are going to have to forgive me if I mispronounce this, but Bissin Therese Diop, who plays Diwana, is fascinating uh, in this film. It's It's a very harrowing and personal expression of a character yeah i think there's very few close-ups in this film right there's actually and quite a few yeah she she has most of the close-ups and mm-hmm. she she does a great job yeah i mean there's a lot of you know um emotion in that face um i think the performances in general sort of have that right. awkwardness that was expected of the time well the french family, but they work they're quite very well. much a caricature of the, yes. the sort of racist and sort of unbecoming, you know, uh, family that is involved in this story. And, um, I mean, they played it well, too. But this is very much a film about Tijuana. Um She is really quite fascinating to watch. So I really enjoyed her performance. And um, it's it's sort of a minimalist film mm-hmm. in many regards. And I think the actors all delivered what was necessary to make the film work. Right. It's minimal, but it's very potent. Um, you know, there's um, there's something to be said for the music and how it's used in this film, though. I don't think... I love the music. That, right? Um, there's this really cool juxtaposition of, like, I want to say it's Senegalese, like, guitar or, like, sort of... Yeah, it's, it's definitely... Uh should I say West African style of playing that you mm-hmm. you would hear in places like Mali or Senegal? It's I don't know what the, the what that guitar is, but it's a high high pitched right. sort of yeah. 
it's this motif that's Guitar sort of, playing method. It's played a couple times during her uh, struggle in the uh, French home. Um, yeah. And it's kind of weird because, I mean, she's not in Senegal, but it's played anyways. Um, yeah, I, I love the music so much. Yeah. I think it it helps carry it carries the film along in mm-hmm. some in some certain at some certain points and it, it works so well and it's so aesthetically pleasing yeah i think uh for me it made the film feel even more personal um you know because it's just, it's like this kind of background noise that's sort of informing us on you know how we should feel about um what we're seeing um but yeah i mean i really appreciated it so overall yeah overall i mean pretty Pretty cool film. Glad I watched a little, it. A little bit depressing. A um, little bit depressing, we'll, we'll but I mean... It, we'll do uplifting stuff uh, soon, so... Um, uh, I think we should keep going down. Yeah. <laughs> Just totally Just kidding. Decide. No, please. Um, yeah, that'd be too much. The Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. It yeah, really, really, really glad I watched it. It's definitely going to inform anything I make in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's a certain style that I can associate with this film now. So, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, Black Girl, go see it if you haven't seen it yet. It is one to know about. So, um, I guess we can talk about the news. The news. Movie the film movies. news. Um, I mean, there's been a... Well, we're a little late, I guess, maybe. Because I don't know... This should be uh, uploaded relatively soon, but... You know what? We're not late about this thing we're going to say because it's about Filmstruck and the demise of oh, Filmstruck. Oh, yeah. So we're but there's a petition yes. online right now which <laughs> is approaching 50,000. So go out and... Sign it. Make your click count. Do it. Also, go vote. <laughs> You're probably going to hear this after voting has already ended, but please... Um, yeah, I mean, it's we didn't get to talk about it last podcast. It was actually announced right after the last episode that Filmstrike was going to be shut down by Warner Media um, because, I don't know, maybe they weren't no, no making enough money or didn't have enough subscribers, which I, to be honest, don't understand because, I mean, it's, it's a different platform um, than that. I mean, it's m- about much more than just how much money it makes. Yeah, it's about preserving human history. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's no other streaming service like this, so it's a real bummer to see it go if it does in fact go. Um, we'll we'll see. We'll keep you guys updated. Um, you know, because we've sort of been choosing our films as filmstruck and Criterion uh, selections. Um, so, crossing fingers here. Yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah. But um. I mean, we'll keep going, and maybe we'll sprinkle in a few surprises that are not in the Criterion Collection. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah, but for now, until, I believe it's November 30th? Yes. Yes, so until the n- end of November, we'll still be doing episodes about uh, Filmstruck and Criterion uh, movies. So, um, other stuff in the news department. We've got quite a bit. Um, as of this you know, week here, we have some new announcements about some David Lowery stuff that's going down, which is interesting to see. Um, yeah, David actually, Lowery. He did uh, Ghost Story, which I was very fond of. Yeah, that's his only film that I've seen, and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. It was an interesting one. Yeah, he did Pete's Dragon, which was like a sort of Disney reboot. Uh, I didn't get oh. to see that. 
that's a very it seemed very personal to him uh from what i understood so i should check it out at some point um well, yeah he's adapting an old folktale yeah I so guess? he's uh him and a24 are in talks to adapt uh Gawain and the Green Knight, I want to say. It's about... Um, Gawain was a knight of the, the uh, Round Table uh, under King Arthur and Camelot uh, sort of mythology. Um, and he uh, wants to sort of, you know, reinvent the sort of folktale, I guess. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I wondered how that's going to turn out because A24 yeah. usually does films between, I guess, the 1 million to 10 million range. So... I mean, yeah. I wonder what this would be like. It could be an epic film on a small scale. Minimal sort of. I mean, it's not exactly an extravagant story. I can see it being dumbed down for something manageable by A24. But A24 has been very popular lately. Um, yeah. They might Let throw some budget films. behind this. So I'll keep my uh, eyes peeled for that. Um, he also has been talking with Kerry Fukunaga about adapting or sorry rebooting i guess reinventing a 1985 sci-fi film that featured ethan hawk back in the day uh called the explorers which is yeah uh, a little bizarre i don't know i mean fukunaga is really hot in hollywood right now i don't know how that happened yeah i mean he's directing the next bond he is film so mm-hmm. and he's doing he's got a couple movies in the pipeline and yeah. he's just did maniac now he wants to do this other new tv show so very prolific at the moment um so we'll see what happens with that i think they're just trying to pitch the pilot right now but when you read an article about the idea of someone pitching a pilot you know it's gonna happen so yeah it's probably gonna happen at this point yeah so it's word of mouth it's how it works in the biz um should be interesting we'll see um, yeah, and in terms of new trailers, trailers, there is a new trailer out for the third season of True Detective, uh, yes. which is also as confusing as a teaser. Yeah, but it's pretty interesting, I'd say. Mahershala um, Ali looks great in it. Yeah, it looks I great. Mean, the story, I'm st- I have no idea what's going on, but that's True Detective, I guess. Um, I believe this is going to be coming out relatively soon next year. So, yeah, I guess I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, Uh, looking forward to that. I mean... Looks very well shot, so... Hopefully this should be a good season. Yeah, I mean, I was a little let down after last season. A lot of us were, so... (laughs) I mean, it's weird because they had all this sort of, you know, talent and stuff going there. Uh, but the writing and just where the story went was a little bit disappointing. First season's amazing, though. Of uh, course. Highly recommend to everyone if they haven't if seen If for it. some reason, for some unimaginable reason, you haven't seen <laughs> that, just go see it. Do it. Going back to general news, there was an article on Interview Magazine which finally shed some light on... The Lighthouse. Oh, Robert Eggers, yes. Is I guess in post production now. The new A24 film by right. Robert Eggers, who directed The Witch. And he was talking about how strenuous. Yeah, it sounds like an interesting the production. Set was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. This is Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Um yeah. 
very interesting combination. I'm very excited to see that because they're both great performers. I guess Robert Eggers had a water hose in Robert Pattinson's face and it was on the fifth day. And I, <laughs> I guess that's a thing. Robert said he, that was the closest he ever got to wanting to punch a director. Mm -hmm. So you can tell it's a film that's going to have some really poignant or powerful uh -huh. performances. And I'm hoping it's good because I really love The Witch. I love The Witch. Um, it was probably one of the most impressive debuts I've had from a new uh, contemporary American director. Um, very, very interesting to see him doing another horror film from uh, what it sounds like. So I'm excited to see what he can do with The Lighthouse. Yeah, and this is sort of old news, but he's also developing a Nosferatu remake. So Right, I read recently about that. I wasn't sure if that was actually happening. But if he's in talks, it probably will. Yeah, so. I think he's in talks for about two films. Nosferatu and one called The Night, which is Ooh. sort of hush-hush. Oh, cool. So. All right. So I think he is definitely on a horror grind here. I think it's so. It's good because I think there's definitely this demand for a sort of um, more character-driven horror uh, market. Um, I mean, like, you know, we just had Hereditary, which came out, I want to say, 2015 or 2016. 2018 no the witch oh yeah the witch came out 2015 2015 yeah so yeah. uh you know i mean and they all have these distinct looks and they're full of these interesting characters so um you know i think it's it's a good time to be a horror director um especially Definitely. if you want to if you're coming from this sort of character drama background so uh yeah i'm excited to see what happens down the line there uh in other bizarre news i should say um I don't know why this would even be happening, but uh, apparently there's going to be this sort of attempt at a remake of Force Majeure, which is Ruben Oslin's sort of Oscar-nominated Yeah, film. I haven't seen that film yet. It's biz It's like remaking... I don't know. It's the a Circle. Bizarre, yeah, it's like a bizarre <laughs> movie to remake just for an American audience because, I mean, there's something universal about that movie. It'll probably be quite different, I guess. I haven't seen the yes. original film, but so I'm guessing... Mm -hmm. The original takes place in, like, the slopes. I can't remember if it's the Alps. I believe it's the Alps. Um, it's a family on vacation. Um, and Will Ferrell is attached to that project, right? Will Ferrell is attached to this remake. So I don't know if it's going to be serious. <coughs> it, that's the thing. It I is don't know if it's going to be serious Will Ferrell. I don't know. I mean, well, let's it's see. kind of a serious story. So it's like a little weirded out that he's attached to that. But so is Julia Louis-Dreyfus, I believe. So I don't know. It's an interesting cast. I don't know how or what they're going to do to approach that. It's weird because it also came out like recently. Um, so I don't know. Hollywood is it's very strange in what it chooses to remake and uh, regurgitate, <laughs> uh, so to speak. And also for fans of the Witcher book series or the video game series, there was a little teaser, which mm -hmm. I'm guessing came out on Instagram because it's a boxy video. Right, yeah. Henry yeah. Cavill's sort of... So we see Henry Cavill drinking a Witcher potion and he has glistening silver hair. He looks very funky. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm kind of excited for this series because I'm a big fan of the third video game and the lore okay. of this world, so... I can't wait to see what Netflix does with that. I mean, I ho I really hope it's good. I've never played the for game. For their sake. I have a lot of friends that are huge fans of it. Um, it sounds like the sort of myth, the mythology 
uh, behind the film is is sort of or sorry not the film the uh, the game is interesting I love high fantasy stuff um, so I'm excited Netflix would ever be involved with something like that because um, they yeah. have the budget for a high fantasy series and they still haven't done it and this is I guess planned to be their own Game of Thrones and sure. the world is definitely yeah. just as interesting as Game of Thrones was. So if they pull it off, I'm all for it's it. It's going to be great. It's uh, hopefully it is. Um, you know. Uh yeah, I don't know what other news we got. That's all. Okay. <laughs> so, um yeah, that's about it for news. I think um we we will be seeing a lot more in the coming weeks here. Um before the winter season approaches here, um there's going to be a lot more holiday announcements and big deal stuff like that so we'll keep you guys in the loop now sure. for the next episode what are we watching oh we're watching plenty of stuff we watched plenty of stuff yes I say. we did <laughs> at the savannah film festival we're giving you an exclusive take on exclusive films <laughs> i don't know if that fucking makes sense okay <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll roll with it just cut that out, please. Okay, okay, just start over. <laughs> so, um, that's about it for news. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we planning on doing next episode, you said? What? Yes, we're going to talk about the films that we saw at the Savannah Film Festival. Oh, yeah. So, we're going to be doing a sort of retrospective on our experience at the film festival. Uh, we got to see a lot of movies. Yeah. Yeah, too many. <laughs> I didn't sleep much. Um, it was overwhelming. Um, but we had a lot of cool premieres, a lot of indie flicks, a lot of new stuff that's coming out. So next week, you can expect a whole lot of coverage of some of the movies we got to uh, sneak into there. Yeah, and quite a few of these movies will be coming out in a while. So we'll just give you some info mm -hmm. on what to see and maybe it what not to see. Exclusive takes. Yeah. As, as as we would say um i'm i'm interested to hear your thoughts on a lot of this stuff uh we talked about a lot during the festival but we're gonna dive right in uh so catch us next week and we'll expect to see you there uh stay tuned for roma for green book for for cold war cold war oh all this stuff if bill street could talk hmm Oh, man. We, we and a bunch of other cool stuff. Lots of exciting stuff. So yeah. um, thanks for tuning in. This has been Dailies. A film podcast. <laughs>